Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mixon Smokers. If you're a caterer competition or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And now, here is your host, Mikey K. With Michael, the founder of SearBQ. Now, if you don't know what that is, you never heard of it, we're going we're gonna to talk all about it today and you're going to find out what this awesome invention is. Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show, hanging out with us and chatting barbecue. Um, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, that'd be great. And we'll start from there. Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, inventor. Um, I started a long time ago. I invented a product. Uh, it was the spin jammer, which was a Frisbee that everybody could spin on their finger. Um, we sold millions of units and um, it was a fun run. Um, I live in the, I live in the Central Valley of California, right in the wine country. Um, half a mile away from our office is uh, Robert Mondavi, where they sell Woodbridge, uh, you know, wine, okay. which everybody everybody knows. It's the Robert Mondavi Woodbridge collection. So I've been I've been surrounded by food, wine. Our family um, owned a uh, and started a restaurant. My uh, brother was a a, a head chef for 20 years he retired and um we always were you know infatuated with food wine we're in the in the industry and um we grew up learning how to be you know um in the hospitality business where you treat people and you cook things and also i, I was a barbecue not a great excellent barbecuer but i love barbecue i love cooking outdoors the best thing about barbecue is you're outdoors and it's fun right you're not you know you're not in the kitchen that's the beauty of, of barbecue and but i was not the greatest barbecuer it, it, it all starts from there right right you, you you look at something and you go okay i have an issue and i have a problem how do I solve this issue? <laughs> exactly. And it, it now, you know, my wife and I were celebrating our 20th anniversary. And I went to Costco and I bought those great prime cut prime ribeyes. I bought okay. two of them. I spent 20 bucks. And I put them on the barbecue. And of course, I get distracted a lot. I'm, I'm um, you know, I don't have the greatest attention span. And I walked inside and I came back out and there was like two foot flames flying above the, the steaks. Uh, burnt, I burnt $20 worth of steaks. Okay, because I walked away, I got distracted, forgot about it, came and I destroyed them. So I had to race down to Costco again. I bought two more steaks. I threw those steaks away and I cooked the village so my wife wouldn't know, you know. And and I got to thinking, I said, you know, um, it happens a lot. 
people people um barbecuing is uh is an art it's an art and you have to be you have to have a good attention span you have to you have to you know knowledge you have to to barbecue and, but there's a lot of people that don't they they um they don't have the knowledge they don't have the attention span they don't you know they don't you know and they and they lose that that there's that 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 window of where it's excellent and then you destroy it and it can be if it's chicken if it's if it's uh pork chops if it you know if you if you get it right perfect it's excellent but if you miss that window you could destroy and people sit there and they eat dried chicken or burnt chicken and it's not cooked all the way through and all that and i said there's got to be something that can help it so now with my my brother in the, in the restaurant business it's about getting internal temperature and you reach internal internal temperature and then the other thing is, is that all meats and all proteins and all all um, plants are 75 percent water so when you cook something you want to cook it as fast as you can to reach the internal temperature without evaporating out of the water and the moisture and that was our theory when we started it and then we said if you can cook and sear the top and bottom at the same time and reach internal temperature in half the time you're going to maintain the moisture and the flavor and that we worked on that for a good year and that was our whole theory behind it and that was that what we did and we came up with that um and it worked and um that's how Syracuse was born was off of frustration and then solving the problem right that i mean that's how a lot of great stuff is born now for for those of you guys who are like what what is it what is he talking about exactly Basically, it, it, it's cast iron. Correct. If I'm not incorrect, I you guys sent me one. Show me, I got. The, I can show pictures of. It. I got it right uh, here. So this is all audio. So um, it's okay. an audio only podcast. So they that won't help them. But if they go to if they go to your website, that will de- definitely help them. But just so just so people can kind of get get this idea, it it is a cast iron, not not skillet, but it's a a, a cast iron and then a top cast heavy cast iron plate on top of it. So basically what you're creating, especially if you're doing a steak like, like Michael was talking about, is you are going to have heat sources coming from both sides. It's going to work really, really well. It's going to create a crust on both sides. Um, now, do you recommend preheating the top part also? Okay, so here's the theory. It's What we call it is we got a, a bottom griddle and we have a press. Okay, yep. so um, people say, well, there's presses. They've seen presses before. Well, this is a press unlike anything else. This is a press on steroids. It's exactly good call. The press is designed with with the, the high walls on it. If you look, go on the website and you see it, it's not just a flat press. It has high walls on it that is designed to conduct heat and maintain heat so the, the you preheat the, 
the grip, the whole system is preheated before you even put any anything onto it. Anything onto it. So let's go with steaks. I'm gonna start with steaks because that's where I started. Yep. Okay. So we we go in the barbecue and we preheat the whole unit to 500 degrees because we found out that the 500 degrees is the greatest temperature to sear and cook steaks um, at that temperature and reach the temperature, internal temperature, and give it that nice crust, you know, outer yep. shell, and then it, it maintain the internal moisture and, and, and flavor and juices. So the, this thing, like you said, it's on steroids because the plate is designed once you main, once you get to reach the 500 degrees, you put your steaks between the griddle and the press, you put the press on there, and then you turn off the heat below it because you don't want to overheat the bottom griddle. Yep. You want to do indirect heating off the side, and it main, it's designed to maintain the same temperature on the griddle on the bottom and the same temperature on top. So therefore, it, it cooks the steaks simultaneously, top to bottom, internal temperature in half the time. And that's what that's what it does. And um, it took us a while to get the right uh, volume, the right um, surface area, and the right weight that that can compress. Yeah, the, correct. Give the, give the heat to the to the meat, and that's what we came up with. It took us a while. It, it's a lot of experimentation. It looks easy now, but we we have you know twenty different prototypes. I was gonna I, I was gonna ask like the first few. I'm sure were in theory they looked great right they were like oh yes this is gonna work and then you start putting them into practice and you're like okay either either it wasn't heavy enough or it was too heavy um right. or it was it was too flimsy and it wasn't it wasn't holding its shape correctly i mean when i say this 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 press is a press on steroids it it weighs i mean you know the exact weight, I'm sure. Well, the, but the just, weight of the press is ten pounds. Okay, the weight of the press is ten pounds, and in your yeah. hand, you just it just fe it feels. I mean, you feel it. You know what I mean? It's not like one of those other presses, where you're like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, it's a press. Like I'm gonna have to put exuberant force down to get it to press. This right. actually, like, it feels like it's going to do its job. Yes, and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, we found out this is this we found out that the, the the optimum pressure is five pounds per square foot of course square inch okay. okay the press is 10 pounds and what we found out that some people that used the used it were pr pressing one stake so instead of the five psi it was 10 psi and they had negative results because we figured out it's we had to figure out, hey, what size we're we going to make it. OK, we're going to make it for one steak. No, we're going to make it for two or three. So we have people that have done one steak and it's too much pressure. We it's so it's so there's so much physics involved in and we designed it. So when we tell people when you when you use the Cerebicue, Use two steaks. You can't do one because that distributes the weight perfectly. So it's five PSI per steak instead of 10 on one. 
10 on one is a lot. Same with the chicken. So, you know, it, it's everybody thinks when they see it, oh, I'm just going to throw some meat on there and I'm going to press it. No, there's a little bit of physics behind it. We, of we course. explain it in our, you know, and so people actually have to read to, to, because it's, it's a little more, it's not hard, but instead of one steak, put two steaks on there. Um, I do the, um, I love the chicken thighs. I don't know if you saw the recipe for the chicken thighs. I did. Uh, you could put you could put uh, nine chicken thighs on there, and preheat it to four hundred degrees. In twenty minutes, you walk away. It's perfect. Perfect. Um, crispy outside skin, tender, cooked to the bone, white to the bone. It's it's perfect. And you know, we're talking about people that that aren't skilled at cooking that can cook perfectly every time and that's that's what we we developed you know it's 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 fun it's an accessory uh we, you know it's fun I, i'm it's i can't say enough about it it's just great it's great. i mean it, it's it's helping people make it simple which is cool um you take a little bit of the guesswork out of it you're you're gonna get a nice crust out of it because it, it's laying down on the griddle um Honestly, the first thing I thought of was how many smash burgers can I make on this thing? <laughs> okay, check this out. Do you like do you like caramelized onions? Yeah. All right. Okay, you ready for this? We take onions and we cut them half inch slices. Mm -hmm. Put a little bit of olive oil and seasoning on them, and we caramelize half inch thick slices of onions on it. So you could put nine of those on there, and it's about 350 degrees, five minutes. It depends on how you like it. You pull that off, and you've got onions that are half-inch thick slices that you can see through. And you take a spatula, you put them on your hamburgers, and it's heaven. There, it, it, you can't do that with anything else. And um, usually when you caramelize the onions, you got to chop them up. You can use your, no, it's a full slice. It's heaven, and and um, you you can't even explain it. I can't even explain it to you. The other thing is you like uh, asparagus. Um, yeah, like I can. Yeah. Okay. Well, just just okay. Some people like asparagus. They don't like asparagus. Okay, this thing's versatile. Cooks meat. Cooks veggies. Cooks veggies. Okay, so you take a whole stalk of of asparagus, and again, you put it in a bowl. You get some um, olive oil, you put some Parmesan cheese on it, you put it on the serbicue at 350 degrees and five minutes, it's perfectly done. And when you when you have asparagus, sometimes you grab it, asparagus just limps, it falls down. Yep. No, this is crispy, perfectly done. So it does meat, it does everything, and, and it's it's easy, and you know, and we love it, and, and it just goes on and on, and, and we sell it. We've sold thousands of these units, and people are going posting on Facebook. I just did swordfish, and and people, I did the um, uh, pork loin, and it's amazing. People are are giving us ideas that we never even thought of. It's it's so it's so fantastic. I can't even tell you. you, you uh, pork, uh, you know, like we talk about pork charts, how hard they are. You have to get that right timing. Um, 
the way that the Cirque queue is, it's it's temperature and it's time. So once you establish the temperature and the time, you can repeat the exact method every time. So if you're barbecuing, especially if you're barbecuing with 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 charcoal, you don't know what the temperature is. You're it's you don't have the exact temperature. It's wonderful to, char to barbecue with charcoal, but it's so hard because you don't there is no exact measurement of temperature. And that's what changes the whole dynamics of barbecuing is you have to control the heat and control the time. Yep. And, and OK, and Cirque, we establish the time, we establish the temperature. And once you cook it the way you like it, you can do it the same way every time. There's no failure. And that's that's why it's so attractive to people that like it. And that's it's it's I, I cook through two or three times a week with it. Just it's just, you know, I love it. And now, what's your favorite? What, obviously, you've done a lot of R&D on it. What would you say was your favorite thing to kind of figure out? Okay, this is a great question. Okay, so here's the deal. When I first did it, I, I only had steak in mind because I thought only I could do steak, okay? So I, I cooked steak on it and learned how to do steak. And I go, okay, it's 500 degrees for four minutes, medium rare. You have to understand now, everybody's medium rare is different. Okay, so my medium rare comes out at 500 degrees, four minutes. It, yours might be three and a half minutes because your medium rare might be different than mine. But once you es establish your temperature and time, it's going to be the same every time. So I, okay, so it's, it's steak. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm for maybe three or four months, I'm cooking steaks and I'm loving it. I do the ribeye. I came up with this ribeye marinade that's just off the charts okay you do it it's it's so fantastic and then i go you know what i'm gonna try chicken it's and so it took me two months to figure out the time and thing it does chicken perfectly so now i love the chicken more than not more than the steak but as much as i love the steak and then the then i did um a sh shrimp you know i did i did the in you know in the shell shrimp it was like three minutes and then i did i said okay i'm gonna cut slices of the onions like i told you it goes on and on and on and then like i told you it, i thought it was only gonna do steaks it's off the chart now because um, people are, like I said, are emailing us, you know, they're doing all kinds of, of food with it. It the, the theory is reach internal temperature at the fastest time you can and you maintain the moisture and the moisture is where the flavor comes from because the juicier the steak, the more flavorful it is, the less juicy it's, you know, if you overcook a steak, it's not that flavorful. Yeah, it becomes shoe other. Exactly. And um, it's 
it's only growing on itself. And that's why, like, you, you take yours and you experiment with ideas and you'll come up with stuff that's that I, I never even could think of. And that's the beauty of it. It's it's whatever your imagination is, whatever you want to do. And, and, and then once you establish the temperature and the time, you can replicate it 100 percent of the time. That's the beauty. Now, what's one thing you did not like figuring out to cook on it? <laughs> what's, what have I done? Okay, well, the first time, okay. <clears throat> I tried salmon. Okay. And so I got a salmon filet and I put it on there. And then it, 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 it just completely stuck. When stuck to both sides. Salmon yeah. came apart. I had half of it on the lid, half of it on the bottom. Which is why you guys now say foil. Yes. And now, this is this is my new one. Parchment paper. Parchment paper would work very well. Yes, because it can handle 500 degrees. So I'm going to I'm going to go away from foil to parchment paper because it it's a better way of, of cooking. So. Before my computer decided to completely freeze and, and have to restart everything, uh, we were kind of talking about stuff that you you know you struggled with learning to cook on it. We talked about salmon. We talked about some other stuff. Was there anything that you've kind of cooked on it and been like, "Oh my god, I didn't think this was gonna work, but it has worked." Well, I, I would go back to the chicken. I thought there was no way it was going to do the chicken. I, I, I didn't think that theory would going to work um, the same way, and it did. It took me um, two or three or four times to get the right temperature and times, and I was uh, just blown away by what happened when the chicken came out the way it did. And, and you know, because I, I you can't do it with chicken, you know. Um, and I go, what's the problem? What, why not just try it? <clears throat> and, you know, then I started, I, uh, there's, there's more things in uh, pork loin. Unbelievable. Um, I did a pork, I did, I did a, a fillets. Um, I, I bought, I bought fillets because I bought a, a um, a side of beef and it, it came with great fillets and I, I had them sitting there and I said, well, I'm going to try them. And I, you know how hard it is to cook uh, barbecue fillets. I mean, you have to have it dead on the temperature and the time and everything. And, um, I, I didn't think it would work. It came out. It was the best I ever, ever had, you know, and, um, it's trial and error. Um, We've learned that if you do a dry rub on it and you use oil, that's the best results because you can't just throw meat into a cast iron pan with no oil, no seasoning. You know, that's that's the essence of, of, of uh, uh, cast iron. And you see the great chefs, if you've seen them on TV, where they, they, they'll cook a ribeye or a big steak in a pan on the stove. Um, you know, and flip it and, yep. 
and based it constantly basting and and there is there is a um there there it does it does help when you can distribute the, the heat directly and and maintain the exact temperature and that's what cast iron does cast iron when you heat it it distributes the weight of the heat uh, equally you know it's not there's yeah. not one section that overheats and that's the beauty of cast iron and so um it you know i keep trying stuff i do i i tried um you know hash browns and um it didn't work out that great and then but i did au gratin potatoes in in foil um inside the foil with butter and it came out incredible Okay, and it just keeps going on and on, and, and we keep With you coming saying up. that actually, the, what I kind of just thought of, like, just something that popped into my head is like doing like smashed potatoes, you know, yeah. where you you cook them, and then you go to put a sear on them and just use that, you know, use the, you put them on the griddle and just smash them down and just let that heat just finish them out and make them crunchy. With and it's with some good oil on it. Okay? Yeah, Cause that you're right. Or you could do butter, and I've actually did a steak where I put all butter on both sides, which it's is always fantastic. Spectacular. The only thing is, you better be outdoors and be ready because the smoke that just billows out of that—it was spectacular. We, do, we that's what we do. We do all the time. Okay, get this. Have you ever done fried spaghetti? No. Okay. But now I'm interested. This is interesting. Okay, so you have your leftover spaghetti. Yeah. You got you got the sauce, you got your meat, and it's 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 sitting in your refrigerator. Okay, so what you do is you pull it out and you take you add a couple eggs to it because you need consistency on it. Then you take a little bit of cheese and you add cheese to it, and then you stir it up. You then you get the syrbicue and again it's about three hundred and fifty degrees and you put oil down. You, you put the spaghetti, a whole, the whole thing on it. Just dump the bowl on it. And then drizzle some spaghetti, I mean, I'm sorry, some oil on top of it and put the syrupicue lid on top of it. And it sears it and it makes this incredible dish you will die for. And then the, you have the cheese, the egg, it holds it together. It's crispy on the outside. It's tender on the inside. And you, it's I can't explain it, and and that's what we do. And and you, it, you know, you have leftover spaghetti and you put it in the microwave and you eat it and it's it's okay. No, you could take a spaghetti dinner and make it into something so spectacular the day after you're gonna go what the heck, and and it's it's fantastic. Got to try it. That and, that uh, that is something I do need to try. That sounds very very interesting. Yeah, it is. It's so good. And so we just keep coming up with new ideas, new ways of doing it. And it, I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, it's just an it's an, it's an accessory that adds to our to cook our cooking experience. Okay. Yeah. Right. You, you like I said, how do you like your eggs? Well, you know, over easy. I like them scrambled. I like them uh, um, omelet. That's what the Sirbicue is. It's another way of doing something 
when you want to change things up for for a time, right? You want a steak in four minutes with twice the flavor. Who's going to argue with that, right? Because it cooks it in half the time and the juices are there. And they go, well, I want to cook my steak this way. That's fine. Cook the steak this this day, this day. The yeah. next day, you want to do it this way. You might want to do the chicken. Um, fire up the barbecue, get it to 400 degrees, put the chicken in there, set the barbecue down, set your timer for 20 minutes, go into your kitchen, make your side dishes, come out, your chicken's done. That's tantalizing. That's, that's, that's um, you know, you, you can cook chicken better and spend two hours doing it. Slow cooking. I've got, I've, you know, I've done chicken slow cook, you know, 200 degrees for two hours. Yep. It's perfect, right? Sometimes you don't have two hours. How about 20 minutes? And it might be just a little bit less than the taste of your two-hour cooking. But, and, and that's what CBQ does. It just, it's, a, it's a, a tool, an accessory that just adds to your barbecuing experience. And it doesn't, doesn't replace anything. It's just, it's there. Well, it's, a, it's another accessory, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's barbecue boys love our toys, right? We all, like, we all like to play around with something. And it, it's, it's also something that you can really play with, you know, to be, an, to be an accessory to everything else that you put into it and see how far you can push its limits. Right. And like I told you about the half-inch thick um, onion slices, you can't do it with anything else, okay? And go ahead, barbecue your um, your patties on the barbecue, and then barbecue's off to the side, um, caramelizing your onions, your slices. Yeah. And I want you to do that. Go ahead and do that. Do a hamburger with a half-inch thick caramelized onion slice, and it's heaven. It's heaven. And... um. That's what I'm saying. It's it's we're not going to replace anything. We're not we're not taking over anything. We're just hey, we're joining the party, and we got something that's going to be fun, and that's what we want to be. We we just want to join the party. You know, we don't want to replace the party. We want to just join it. And here's the new guy in town, and Syracuse is it. And I'm telling you, um, can I show you a couple other things? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Please okay. do. All right, so. One of the one of the concerns, I don't want to call them complaints, but one of the concerns is is people say, well, cleaning it because you know we have a barbecue every. You don't think about cleaning your barbecue all the time, right? You barbecue, you you get done, you go, you leave, and and when you cook steaks, or you cook chicken or whatever, all the grease goes down in the bottom of your barbecue. Okay, so people use it. <clears throat> they get done, they love it. They get up in the morning. And they go out there and they go, oh, my gosh, there's all this oil and grease on the barbecue. Mm-hmm. What do I do? I said, okay, no, wait a minute now. If you cook chicken in your in a frying pan, uh, cast iron frying pan in your kitchen, you would have the same amount of grease and, and stuff left over. Sure. As we out in the barbecue. But because it's out in the barbecue, you don't think about cleaning stuff up. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. How do you clean this is a big thing. So you're going to get up in the morning and there's going to be grease in the griddle of your barbecue, of your barbecue. It's cold and it's thick. So you go and you get some, a baggie or whatever, a, you know, plastic bag or whatever, 
and you take a spatula and you get most of the grease that's that's solidified. Yep. And you put it in and it's okay. So now you got 75% of your cleaning chores done. Okay. So what do we do? Well, you can't use soap because soap takes the seasoning off of the of the cast iron. They always tell you do not use detergent on a cast iron pan because that that decades of grease and and that's been baked in is the flavor, it's the beauty of cast iron. So what do you how do you clean it? Well, okay, first of all, reheat the syrabicue up to a temperature where you start to liquefy the fat that's that's left on it. Okay? You can take it over to the sink and you can just spray hot water on it and it comes off. Okay. I don't know if you can see, can you see this? Yep, yep. Okay. This is called, it's a chain mail scrubber. So chain mail is like, remember the nights? Yep, used? they work fantastic. I, I own a couple of them. Great. So we use this to get the hard debris off of the cast iron and then use the heat to get rid of the, the other, but you do not want to get rid of the seasoning because that's the beauty of cast iron. Yep. Because grandma's skillet or griddle made the best pancakes because she cooked on it for 50 years. You buy one right out of the box at Walmart, it doesn't taste as good as grandma's because grandma had 50 years of seasoning on her. That's how it works. And and you don't want to do that. So we, we suggest you use this to get rid of the debris. You use a little bit of heat to get the, 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 um, um, the fats and the grease to liquefy and then it flows off. Do not use soap. So that's that's uh, the key. So um, these are all the things that, that people need to know. And, and cast iron is, is an art. To cook with cast iron is an art. And the I like I like the grills that are cast iron too on barbecues. By the way, I think they're far better than the stainless steel because they also maintain that that um, flavor. Correct. It's just yeah. a lot. I think a lot of people struggle with cast iron because they don't realize that you have to get cast iron up to temperature, and you have to right. get it up to temperature. Right. You can't make it go super fast because right. you'll overshoot. So you got to bring it up at, at a nice even pace. But right. once you bring it up, it will cook evenly, really, really nicely for you. Uh, right. Keeping it clean is important, um, but also keeping it well seasoned. You know. And and yes. keeping moisture away from it. Yeah, and then of course, yeah, you have to you have to, you know, take take it indoors. You don't want to leave it outside because yeah, it will. Cast iron can rust. Of but course, it's not the end of the world because you can put oil back on and it'll it'll come back it'll come back to its its state. Yeah, its state. Um, also, we you know you need protection because when you grab this syrupy a nice glove. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we're out, we'll come out with these gloves, baby. Ah, coming out with some uh, barbecue gloves. Yeah, yeah. There um, you go. I, I got a pair of your name on them. That's, that's them fantastic. That, okay, that so. is, I was going to say, that is one of the things that is very important of is, A, the barbecue is, you, like we we talked about earlier, it's 10 pounds. Uh, the the top press is 10 pounds. So that's going to that's gonna radiate a decent amount of heat. It, it's gonna give it's gonna give off some 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 warm loving, 
and um, you you got to make sure that you're you're not grabbing that or not not you know dropping it. Now, yeah. I have this question for you about the CRBQ. When you guys were kind of going into production, you were kind of making it. What made you guys go to cast iron? Were there any other materials that you thought of beforehand, or did you automatically know that you kind of wanted to do a cast iron? It. I just I like I like cast iron. Um, I've like I said I had griddles before that. I worked with it. It's it's um, the easiest material to mold to make it to the shape and the size and the weight that you want. Um, there are other materials that you can use it to it, and we may experiment with others. But there's something intrinsic about cast iron. Um, with the flavor, um, and it just, when we developed it, we just thought that it was, it, it, the design, the concept, and everything went towards cast iron. Okay. Um, okay, and if you can't do it with aluminum, because you can't get the, the weight, you need the pressure. Yep. Cast iron, it's amazing. This is the, okay. Here's the amazing thing too. Cast iron was invented in 500 AD in China. So 1500 years ago, people were cooking on cast iron. And it was probably the first real cooking device that people that used the pots, pans, whatever, because China invented it. And the beauty of it is, is that you can heat the corner of the, of the, the, the Cerebicube, and it distributes equally throughout the whole thing. The, it, the, it distributes the heat, conducts it perfectly. So that's why they used it back in the days in, in, with the uh, campfires, because they, can, they could put it on the edge of the fire, but it heated the whole pan equally, because it, it distributes heat. Distributes heat throughout, yeah. Yep. And, and, it, and that's why, you know, everybody used it. Because we didn't have back then in the day, we didn't have the the stove tops and with the equal heat, <laughs> they campfires, and and that that weight that heat went distributed equally. So that's why cast iron is a fantastic cooking implement, you know, material to use, and that's why it's been in existence for fifteen hundred years, yeah. <laughs> the longest of anything, right? So, yeah. Um, you could do copper, you could do stainless steel, you could do all this stuff, but, um, I just like the ruggedness, the, the good, you know, the look of it and, and it works. Now, did you guys have any other designs before you got to the one that you went to market with? We've, there's been, um, several prototypes. The, um, the key is if you look at the lid, if you look at the lid, oh yep. my God. Okay, see this? Yeah, there's some there's some hefty weight to it, right? Okay. <laughs> um, you're you're familiar with like uh, cylinder heads on motorcycles with the uh, fins. A little bit, I wouldn't okay. say. Okay, well, they have fins on them to to alleviate the heat. That's the fastest way to to 
to, to, to transfer the heat from the cylinder out into, into air. Okay. okay. And the reason is, is they, they have fins on them because the larger the surface area, the, the greater you can, you can expel the heat. Okay. So it's, it's the same thing when you want to heat something. So we have this surface area that's tall, the walls. Okay. So that it can conduct heat fa faster. And, and so that's how we, we learned that through uh, trial and error. That what happened was, is the bottom was heating up faster than the top. And we said, well, how can we equalize it? How can we equalize it? Well, with this, this raised wall, it conducts heat faster and maintains and holds heat the same. So when you actually use this, you can use a, a thermometer and you can register that the top and the bottom of the same temperature throughout the cooking process. Therefore that it's cooking the top and bottom at the same time. And then you can, then now you can extrapolate that out to the time based on the temperature to get the same results every time. Okay. If the top cooked slower than the bottom, then there's no point then it wouldn't work. And the other thing is, is that's why we tell you to do indirect because it's designed to take the heat from the, the side. And, so and pull it in. And then the bottom grill doesn't have heat below it because the bottom griddle will be hotter than the top. Maintain same temperature, establish your temperature, you establish your time, and you get the same results every time. Every time will come out the same. The chicken I do, I have never had chicken different in two years that I've cooked chicken. You can't say that when you barbecue. No one can say that they can cook the chicken exactly the same way. Experts can, but us, us you know, casual barbecuers, I go 400 degrees, indirect, 20 minutes, you're good. Every time. Hey, oh, well, I don't like it like that. I want a little more done. Okay, go 25. Yeah, I mean, I just... I think that's that's one of the things that most people struggle with. It's like, well, I, I'd like it a little bit crunchier. Okay, cool, go a little longer. Yep. Like, just or I don't understand this. Go four, go four fifty. Yeah. Go temperature four fifty, and but once you establish what you like, it's the same every time. You cannot. That's what. That's the beauty of it. We um. And and like I said again, I'm not replacing. I love I love cooking brisket slow cook it in my in my smoker you can't barbecue a brisket <laughs> you cannot right? no no and i do turkey or i do whatever I, it's, it's like you said it's another weapon in your arsenal to cook yeah and right and that's what we well, have We're it's almost happy. like it's almost like that cast iron you know you're adding that cast iron pan into the cooker, and I mean, we I use cast iron pans in my cookers all the time, but the nice thing about the Cerevicue is is the shape. Yeah. It lends itself a little bit better to, to fit inside nicer. It doesn't have the handle off. You know what I'm saying? That's right. a big thing. Um, right. A lot of guys will cut the handles off just so that it fits in their cooker a little better. No, it fits. It fits. We designed it just for that. We we got the average size of all yeah. barbecues, and it can be longitudinal you know you could put other yeah. cook other things on the side yes thank you for for uh, acknowledging that exactly we did a lot of study on that you know what size 
you know, and um, two good ribeyes. So a, a couple, and then the thing is, is that it's four minutes. And then I'm going to tell you a secret too. Have you done the rib the ribeye yet? On, on the Syracuse or a ribeye in general? On the Syracuse. I have not done it on the Syracuse yet, but, but it will yeah, be coming soon. I'm going to tell you a secret. <laughs> I, wanted, I want you to do something, okay? Okay. I want you to do my ribeye recipe. Okay. I want you to follow everything. I want you to do the 500 degrees okay. four minutes, okay? Then I want you, I tell you to, to tent one for five minutes, okay? Take the other steak and don't touch it for 20. Just just keep it tented for 20 minutes. Okay. Okay? You're going to eat... I, you're going to eat the one after five. It's awesome. Okay. And the one that sits for 20, you will not believe what happens. It's, I call it steak candy. It melts in your mouth. There's something else that Syracuse does to me that I don't have the, it's above my pay grade to figure <laughs> out what happens. Okay. It tenderizes the meat while it's cooking it. And I tell people to wait five minutes because who wants to wait 20 minutes? Because it's, 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 the heat is going away. It's still warm. Keep it. I'll tell you right now, when you wait 20 minutes and then you cut into that steak, it, you're going to go, are you kidding me? I don't tell people to wait 20 minutes to eat their steak. You can't do that, but do it. I mean, you Please can. Do it. <laughs> do it. Most people may not listen to you. Do it. So do the two, the one that's five minutes is out of this world, and then the other one you're going to bite into it, and it'll melt in your mouth. You don't even have to chew it. it it's that that good. And um, it's got to be a good piece of meat. You know, you know yeah. the quality of meat. You're, you know, barbecuing. So you don't, you got to get it nice, marbleized. Yep. And, and please do it. And, and you'll, you, I, I can't explain it. it. And I don't know how... Or what? Um, I'll have to research it, but please do it and then get back to me and let me know if if I'm I'm off the chart on it. If you're crazy so, or not, yeah, it's so good, it's so good, my I can't tell you. <laughs> now, with you know, with all the stuff that you guys have figured out that it can cook, that it you know, all all the things that people are starting to push push the limits of it with. What's the craziest thing you've seen anybody try to cook with it? Wow. Crazy. Well, I, I mean, with the, the, I would never have thought the swordfish, the, per, the person that, that sent us the video of, that cooked the swordfish on it, I never would have even thought, of, you know, stuff like that. Um, we're just touching the surface now. And the 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 people that are responding, um, it's not that off the wall yet. But I can tell you right now, people are are um, you know commenting. One of the things was is the guy goes, well, I want to do a um, a, a inch and a half thick steak. You know, you say one inch thick steak. Okay. Right? They want to do a tomahawk. And um, 
I go, okay, well, they said, so what's, what's, what do you do? I said, will you add 30 seconds per half inch thickness of a steak and you subtract it for the same. So if you go a half inch, you, you well, a half inch is pretty tough, but it, yeah, I mean, inch, half inch is a pretty, pretty thin steak at that point. Yeah. I'm going, man, these guys are cooking inch and a half thick steaks. I'm like, oh my God. I, you know, and I want to go, the first thing I want to do is I want to race in the store and do it, you know, and then yeah. comment on it because I, I'm, you know, I'm always, I always get the, the same old steaks in the grocery yep. store, the Burke Butcher Doctor, and one thick, but an inch, uh, one inch thick. I want to get an um, inch and a half, but um, I know people are going to go nuts about um, trying different things because it's just fun to do. And so, yeah. you know, I'm, I haven't heard anything really outrageous yet, but I'm sure it's out there, you know, they're, they're trying. I'm, I'm sure gonna somebody's, somebody's going to try something crazy. Well, and then, like, you know, you saw the, did you see the video with the shrimp, right? We yeah. Did the, yeah. It's like three minutes. And oh. the shrimp come out beautiful color. They they came out very, very nice. Um, yeah. I think that's, it, it's a very interesting way of thinking about cooking, is cooking on both sides immediately. Um, it, it, you know, it's that press. It, the press is really doing a lot of the work. Yes, it's because the press gives the heat. You know, that's it's that's the transfer of the heat, but you also need weight, and the weight pushes down. Um, I'll tell you a story. You you know Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? Yep. Okay, so what was the big deal about Kentucky Fried Chicken? Do you know what the big deal was? His eight secret spices. Okay. That was true. It was the secret spices that put him over the top. But what got him to that was he went to a fair. And um, that's when they first came out with the pressure cookers. And they showed a person, they put the, you know, they put the potatoes, the onions, and the beef, and they put it in there, and then they sealed it, and they cooked it. So Colonel Sanders said, can you do that with chicken? And so he went and found a guy that um, made a pressure cooker that pressure cooked oil, fried oil, okay, high temperature, totally different animal. (laughs) And the reason that it was successful was because when you – pressure cook you could cook at higher temperatures and cook faster and what it used to take 20 minutes to cook chicken in a fryer he did it in eight and because he put instead of water in the pressure cooker he put oil yeah then he then he threw the the chicken in there and he also had it to where he put frozen chicken in it because it worked better when, and, and so transferring the chicken frozen is easy, is, is you can transfer it all over the country. Yeah. It's a lot easier. And they throw the frozen chicken into the fryer pressure cooker with oil and it cooks it in eight minutes with a secret sauce. So, and it came out, remember that tender, juicy Kentucky fried chicken? Yep. Right. 
because he cooked it in half the time. And that's what Syracuse does. It's it's not the pressure cooker thing, but it's the pressure heat temperature. Yeah. In a way, it. it's a pressure cooker, right? Huh? Yeah, you get it, it is a pressure cooker. So it cooks it in half the time, and it more moisture remains, which gives you that double the flavor because the moisture is your flavor. The drier the meat, the, the no flavor. Well, more course, yeah. moisture, more flavor. So that's how he, he made it. The, he, you're right. The seasoning was the kicker that finally put him over the top. But yeah. the cooking of it in half time or a third time is what made him successful. It's interesting to watch. And, and, um, and people don't know, you know, how spectacular that, that invention was. He patented it. That's why he was successful. It wasn't, uh, he was able to patent that process. And that's why he franchised it everywhere in the world. And nobody could copy him because he, he had the patent on it. And so sense. that's what we're doing here is the same thing for individuals can do it. And, and that's this, that's, what's fun. And, um, like I said, I, 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 I cook with it still two years, three years later, I'm still cooking two or three times a week with it. I love it. It's so just, it's, let me ask you this on an entrepreneur aspect. Um, and we'll kind of wrap up the podcast with this one. Uh, what would you say was the most difficult part? about creating the Syracuse? Hmm. It's a hard one, well, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it, the thing is, is I have um, 35 years of, of inventing products, okay? And the, I, I don't, I, did, I, did I mention the, the spin jammer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so I invented the spin jammer, and I made every mistake you can make. Um, you know, I, I did, I, I made mistakes. I got too many investors. I didn't need as many investors as I thought I needed. You know, now you now they own half the company, and they're you know did this and that and this. And then I got down to the to the um, Syracuse, and it was like, it was a script. It, I knew exactly what to do all the way through it. And I, I would say the only thing was sourcing the product and, and um, getting getting the product in time. But it was like I it was it was meant to be. Okay? It's weird. I can't explain it to you. It just it just flowed, which is perfect. It flowed. Sometimes sometimes that just happens, right? Just it, it goes. Okay, and the only thing, okay, I'm going to tell you what the worst part of was it, okay, was when I did the Kickstarter. Um, I, I said, okay, Kickstarter, you know what Kickstarter, right? Yep. Okay, so Kickstarter, um, it helps out entrepreneurs to see if their product is good because you can pre-sell it, people buy it from you, Yep. and you don't have to have the product made. And they go, well, the delivery date is six months down the road. And, of course, I sold a 1,000 of them in a month. It's, you know, yeah. I was in the top 4% of all Kickstarter campaigns. The problem was is they convinced me to sell all over the world. Oh. <laughs> oh, I ended up, it cost me like 
shipping to ship one to Pakistan. I was going to say, right? right? They paid $79 and then I find out that it's $200 to ship it. Yup. So that was probably the biggest mistake I made. You got eaten in shipping. Nuts, dude. I, I said, stop shipping it around the world after like the first month because I had like 200, I go, how am I in Singapore? <laughs> you know, Germany, this, I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I can't do it. I said, just the United States. So that was probably the biggest mistake. It's funny, you look back and I did, I, I honored a lot of them. There were 20 people that, um, that I had to refund because it just did not make sense to send it. $500 to send, you mm. know. You bought it for $79. Here's your $79 back because it cost me $500 to ship it to you to, you know, Kuwait. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, I'm sorry. Someday we'll hook up and you'll get one. But it doesn't make sense. So that was that was probably the, the mistake that I made that I regret. I should have just stayed domestically, Cal, you know, uh, United States. And I cut it off early in the campaign. Um, and restricted it, and and um, I feel bad, but you know, <laughs> you can only do so much. I and, mean, uh, shipping shipping will eat you alive. Uh, shipping can be yes. uh, crazy. Now your your package does not come in a big box. The only problem is it comes with a big weight, eighteen pounds. And that that's where you that's where you're getting killed is is the is yes. the shipping weight. Yes, and. I had one ship, I forget where it was, and the they broke the handle. So I had to ship another one. So then you have to ship another one. Right? So yeah. um, I would say one out of a thousand, we have a problem because you have, you know, you have delivery guys, they'll throw them on a porch, right? And cast iron, cast iron is crazy how durable, but uh, yeah. how fragile at the exact same time that it is. If you hit it at the right point, it it'll, it'll shatter. Yeah, it'll last for a hundred years if you treat it right. But if you throw it on the ground, yeah, you're done. It'll it'll shatter like like glass. It's insane. Yes, and and we have that, and and we deal we're dealing with it, but we deal with it, and and it's always the handle on the griddle port part that's the most vulnerable. And like I said, one out of a thousand breaks. So we go, well, you get a free one. We're sending it to you. You can still use it because your handle's broken, but the griddle still works. So yeah. it's okay while you get your new one. It and just... that, that, you know, okay, so I would say the shipping was the hardest. Okay, we're learning that. Um, when we go to get the product in, the, the container ships, um, they're overloaded. We can't get, get a containers on our ship. So... We're dealing with all those issues. I, you know, I'm, I'm not a, uh, you know, importer from China. I don't know all the all the ins and outs of it, but I'm learning fast. But it's it's been a it's been an ex, uh, well, exhilarating. I mean, this past year has been quite crazy for importing. And, uh, and, and I want to I want to express this too. Not only did China invent cast iron, okay, but the companies that we buy from make cast iron cookware exclusively and there there has been people that say well you don't buy cast iron cookware from china because um there's lead and then they use they use engine blocks and break you know and okay 
No. The companies we buy from, Target, Walmart, and a lot of the major cast iron manufacturers in the United States use the same company. Okay? They make cast iron cookware exclusively. They use a pristine ingots, iron ore ingots. They don't they don't regrind old engine blocks and you know, that's what people say. Break case, you know, they yeah. don't. And they're they're they are vetted by Target, they're vetted by Walmart, they're vetted by all the major manufacturers, and we buy from the same companies that sells to them. So that whole thing is thrown out because um, we only go with exclusive, and they're generational cast iron cookware companies. They're not fly-by-nights that just started up. These are these are families that that work hard for hundreds of years to get the product Walmart and Target bar buy from them also. So I just want to get that out there because you, you hear that um, they have factories in, in Vietnam and they have factories in China and um, we're, we're getting factories in India and India again, they're probably, they were probably a hundred years behind China in cast iron and the top companies um, that make the cast iron cookware you, that you have in your in your house right now, ninety percent of the chance was made in China. I'm telling you right now. So I just want to get that out there um, about the quality. We we maintain it. We watch it. it the FDA, USDA, they they um, they they uh, certify these factories and 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 monitor them. And then Walmart and Target, all them, they monitor it. And it's all tested, so I just wanted to let you know that everybody that um, gets this product, it's it's high quality, it's top of the line. Um, we inspect everything, and um, and it, it's going to last. You can pass it down for generations. Is it's that's the beauty of it too. As long as you take care of it, you don't drop it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things. It, it really is, um, especially if, if that cast iron is hot and it drops. Ooh. Oh, that's a whole nother game. Yep. Yeah. That'll, that'll destroy that cast iron. Um, yep. now I like to end my podcast in, in a certain way. Uh, so I'm going to tailor it to you. If, if you could give somebody three tips for cooking on the CRBQ to shorten their learning curves, what would your three tips be? Okay. The first thing is go to our website and look at our our um, cooking instructions, okay? And our recipes. And our recipes are they we've developed them for the Cerebicue. The the number one thing about Cerebicue is you have to know the temperature. So I've had some people that that said it didn't work, and I said, well, you you have to check the gauge on your barbecue because they're not always accurate. True. So if you, if you think you're cooking it at 400 degrees, you could be cooking it at 600. If you're cooking it at 600, then you can completely destroy the, the, our, our recipe because it won't work at 600. Well, yeah. Okay, so just make sure that your temperature is correct. And I've done a lot of barbecues, and we've done the, the videos and all that with it. Okay, 
and the barbecues, the temp the, the gauges were wrong. Okay, that's one. So if you got if you know your gauge is right, that's good. You have the temperature and you follow our temperature gauge. Okay, now if you're if you're in the kitchen and you're if you're frying chicken in your kitchen, you're gonna put oil in the, the, the pan and you're gonna fry your chicken in oil. So don't just think you could take syrabecue, put it on a barbecue and throw chicken on there with no oil. Because it's the same as frying it in your in your kitchen. So I tell everybody I said what works best is a, a dry rub because you can't put barbecue sauce on it because it'll just Of course, yeah. It'll just burn. But what happens with the dry rub is it kind of gives it a, a, a releasing agent, okay, for the skin. So you have something that's crystallized that's between the cast iron and the skin. Okay, so that's that that nice, nice chicken rub, uh, that dry rub that you can get in the store. And any anybody, it's online. I get the best. We're going to come out with our own, too, by the way. And then you drizzle oil on it. And that gives you the same effect as if you're frying it in a frying pan. So when we do the steaks, when we do the chicken, when we do the veggies, it's oil, it's seasoning. And then don't do one steak because <laughs> that's 10 PSI on one you steak. You got to do two. You got to do two <laughs> because you can't have all that weight. Yep. And if you, if you follow those instructions, the other thing is you understand also – the more you season your pan, the better it tastes and the better it releases. Okay. Of so course, yes. Serbicue right out of the out of the box. Okay. Serbicue right out of the box is has seasoning on it. This is seasoned at the factory. They bake um, oil, vegetable oil on this. That's why cast iron comes out of the out of the uh, mold gray. The black is from the, the oil that's baked into it. Okay? So I had the factory. I want more bake. I want you to bake more oil in there doing that. But when you get it, it's the first time. It, it's like a Blackstone grill is the same thing. They tell yep. you to season it. it. It's the same thing. So you can actually rub oil on it, bake it without using it. And then it gives it a more of a polymer um, sheen and releasing agent on it, okay? And the more you use it, the better it gets. So yep. don't freak out the first time if you if it sticks a little bit, you know, you can you can scrape it off there. Then then when you clean it, you get more oil. But the third, fourth, fifth time, this sucker, it, you don't it releases like this, right? So. We just can't get it from the factory with with caked on, you know, baked oil, on oil. Of course, of course. All cast iron has to be seasoned, and that's why grandma's pans are shiny and slick. And the ones you get at Walmart out of out of the box are like this, okay? But this will be like grandma's, in, you know, after ten uses, five uses, they get better every time. True. So. It, it's 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 just the nature of cast iron, and it's it's um, what everybody and the people that don't deal with cast iron and don't know it. That's how we're trying to train them to to, to accept that to understand it, it. It it it's it's one of the few cooking uh, cooking items of yours 
that age as well. Um, yes. You know, most pe- people say like, oh, I got I got a pot, you know, a nonstick pot. It's good for six months to a year, and then it's right. whatever. But cast iron's not like that. Cast iron ages. It ages with you. Yeah, and it and it's it's eclectic. You're gonna keep it. You're not gonna throw it away. You throw yeah. away an old pan, like a heartbeat, right? Yep. This one, you go. Oh no. Okay. Okay. I'll give this with a Timmy when I when I go yep. move on. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. Right. I want I want your Syracuse grandma. It's mine. That's how, that's what it is. Is they're gonna claim it because it's gonna be passed on through generations. It's built to last. Yep. Um, well, yep. Michael, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, hanging out with us, chatting barbecue. Um, I really hope you sell a million of these things. I think they're fantastic. I think they're cool. Um, I I just can't wait to see what limits people push with them. Yep. Me too. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. And we'll come back and. Um, when we yeah. introduce the new new items and sounds stuff. fantastic, man. We'd love to have you back. Great, thanks, Mike. Perfect, dude. That was fantastic.